Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ready to pop the question and take advantage of 30% off? The jewelers at bluenile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds. And they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com to get 30% off. Select lab-grown diamonds. That's BlueNile.com for 30% off lab-grown diamonds. BlueNile.com. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hello everybody. Welcome to Ramble Reacts. Arsenal won convincingly and there were upsets in the FA Cup. It's Thursday 1st of March. I'm Marcus Speller. And I'm Luke Moore. Hello everybody. Good to have you with us. They say Thursday is the new Friday. But not on the football ramble, everybody. You're going to have to wait an extra day for all that kind of malarkey. Now, uh, Luke Moore, a lot of football. A lot of football right. was played last night, eh? Yeah, it was great, wasn't it? It was a real midweek treat. Something to uh, to enjoy after a hard, long day's work. Uh, <laughs> sit yourself in front of the sofa. Put your, in front of the sofa? On the sofa. <laughs> put your feet up in front of the telly. And in yeah. the words of Graham Taylor, have a good time. Because I have expect a- England to win. Have a bloody good time. Um, yeah. So there was Premier League and there was FA Cup. We're going to start with Premier League. That's what we're yeah. going to do, everybody, okay? But yeah. fear not. We will get to that FA Cup action for crying out loud. Would you just trust us? But we're going to start with the Premier League leaders. Arsenal 4, Everton 0. That was the game in hand, Luke Moore. They bloody well won it. They're on their way. And they've got a swagger, haven't they? It's a swagger. Yes. And um, it was it was an interesting game for the first kind of half an hour or so because I thought that um, at the risk of being the man who continuously overrates Everton every single week <laughs> um, and this time David Cartledge isn't here to shout at me like he was a couple of weeks ago, mm. I thought for the first half an hour Everton were decent enough. There's not much threat, it's nothing exciting 
um, or particularly exhilarating, but it's solid enough. Although they snapped into tackles, they're on their toes. Yeah. Um, yeah, we had a debate, David and I, a couple of weeks ago. If you haven't heard that, that's what I'm referring to. He sort of thought Everton were awful. I, I thought that was a bit harsh. It was after the Merseyside really, derby. So again, yeah, the Merseyside derby. Yeah. And, then, and then really, just a moment of incredible quality oh. from Saka, Pakaya Saka, who, who was you know being doubled up on. And that's the kind of thing... In a weird way, if you're an Everton fan, you're looking out for this stuff. Are they doing the basics right? Is Dice got them? Is Dice drilling them properly? And I thought for the first opening knockings of the game, they were doubling up on Saka. They realised the threat. They looked like they had a good shape. And then all it takes at this level with a player in that kind of form, he drifts into that sort of kind of half space. And not only does he take a great touch and turn so quickly, he just rifles it. Oh, and before you know it, it's you know it's it's, it's Difficult, difficult times for everything. I thought that was a goal of immense quality, Marcus. I don't know about you. Did you think that uh, Jordan Pickford would be annoyed he got beaten at his near post? <laughs> I think by the time... You, you can't. That, that goal was ridiculous. It was such yeah. a good strike. And I, I'm going to say it was Gabriel Batistuta-esque. It was. You know, that's absolutely spot on. And mm. Batistuta did that against Arsenal at Wembley in the Champions League back in the day, did he not? That did leap to mind. But in my mind, Gabriel Batistuta... Whenever he finished, he would always smash the ball into the roof of the net, leaving the keeper absolutely oh, no chance. And, and I think that I think that um, you know by the time that Pickford had even realised that goal was past mm. him, yeah. the ball would already yeah the ball was, it was just lying still in the bottom of the net. And I, th- I think um, I think Batistuta was a player who could score goals with incredible finesse as well. But a lot of the, for large parts of his career, it was just head down, smash it as hard as you can. And you know what, at a lower level. You can do pretty well as a player if you're a striker and you do that. Yeah. I mean, Saka, Arteta said that they needed a magic moment and Saka produced that. And that's it. Yeah. I thought that was very telling, that sentence, because you're right, Everton played well for that first 40 minutes, really. They were they were organised. They were, they were looking fairly comfortable. And Arsenal um, have got quality in there. That's... that's you know, been made abundantly clear this season but they don't maybe have the option say Manchester City do or or maybe even one or two others you, 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 or you even Man United yeah perhaps but they've got you know Saka is still very young he's produced great performances and he's been playing brilliant football for a few years now but it is those moments where you need a moment of extreme quality yeah. to unlock a stubborn defence yeah. and to lift the mood in the place because you go into half time at nil nil and then the game nerves can come in you know all that kind of stuff we've, we've we've seen that Arsenal have done well in previous weeks but actually at home to Everton who have beaten them not that long ago you want to put that game to bed when you're when you're in a title race you want to put as many games to bed as quickly as possible and yeah. Saka scores that goal and then of course uh, Idrissa Gay will not look back on that very fondly as well. That, but Arsenal are there. But Saka's there. Bomb pounces 2-0 half-time. Really kind of game over. If yeah, we, big if time. I, th- I, th- I think and if Dyche, when they have the debrief and Dyche kind of pours over it and if he does get annoyed with the players and he wants to pull them up on anything in particular, I think it's the, the Adrissa game mistake. He, do- he just yeah. doesn't know Saka's there. So he's aware that, um, that another player's moving in. I think it's Martinelli. But he doesn't know Saka's there. So he... Went dawdles on the ball, and it's far too casual. Really, yeah, but that it, level for a player exactly. in that position, it's kind of unforgivable, really, and that kills you because that's two 0 at half time. Yeah, and it's very difficult. The thing is, Marcus, the way that Dyche will set Everton up in that mm. kind of game is 
they are very unlikely to score goals, right? The goal's mm. going to probably come from a set piece. It might come from an individual bit of brilliance, Indeed. which is, you know, unlikely to happen. When you go two behind, away yeah. from home against a team that good, or indeed against any team really at mm. Premier League level, because they're all pretty good at digging in, you, you just... And really, it's almost a bit like right. Pack up your deck chairs and let's all go home because yeah. because the, the game's not they're not going to get anything out of the game. And I don't think that, in fairness to Everton on the dice, they're not going to live or die by how they get on at the Emirates. There's going to be mm. other games that are going to be a lot more crucial for them. Yeah. But you know, you 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 look at a player like Morpai up front. He's game. He'll run the channels. He'll do his thing. But he's not going to score. He does. He's not a goal scoring forward. So no. it's very difficult to see where they're going to get goals. Would from. he describe himself as that? Well, he could describe himself how he likes, but it'll be bollocks <laughs> if he does, because he isn't. And I think also, if you if you look at um, if you look at say where Everton's threat could have possibly come from. Well, Dwight McNeil's a pretty good player, but mm. he likes to drift around. And he's a bit trickier. Um, Everton have in the past had a lot of joy from attacking with width from like fullbacks and st- their their fullbacks or their mm. wide players well the Wobi is just uh, the, to me just looks diabolical yeah um Coleman's obviously not a spring chicken he's obviously got a lot to think about if he's playing up against Martinelli and Zinchenko mm. and then on the other side Mikolenko didn't really get in, couldn't really get in the game because they had so much to think about defensively it was hard for him to get forward so essentially they could still be playing now and they wouldn't have scored yeah indeed but 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 from Everton's point of view yeah you just it's it's all about how long can you keep them going how long can you just stay in the game and keep arsenal going because you think and the crowd say, were a little get a little bit kind of antsy before that first goal it felt like a little yeah, bit maybe. impatient maybe and that can you can that can work in your favor <laughs> yeah possibly because it's everton and it's Dyche and, and they and they remember it a few weeks ago they they expect but the fact is that that very little was going on with arsenal that's why that moment from Saka is, is great. And it wasn't just Saka in the goal, by the way. You mentioned Zinchenko there. I mean, he's been great for Arsenal all season. Yeah. And, 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 and the way he has stepped up and, and, and produced those moments as well has been, has been very, very important. But, yeah, I, I mean, I, I, I think you, 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 you look around this Arsenal side and you think to yourself, OK, they were beaten by Manchester City only a few games ago. They've won three games since then. And little moments are going their way. Look against Aston Villa. You know, it, whether they deserved it or not, or, or whatever you may think about that, the fact is, Jorginho's shot comes off the, the crossbar, hits the keeper and goes in. Mm-hmm. There's good fortune in that. I understand they won't run out 4-2. I love that that happened happen. against Martinez. And then of course, I told, of course. I told Pete that and Pete said he likes Martinez because he treats the sport of football with the respect it deserves. <laughs> <laughs> and he's he's absolutely right. Yeah, and and he's and he's done it at the very highest level when he yeah. put his uh, golden glove in front yeah. of his willy in front of the world. He you know, it. That's yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. He's, he he mimicked fucking a sta- a, a trophy in front of the world's press in the world's <laughs> biggest football tournament while pulling a funny face. Yeah. This is what I think of football. And yes, I am yeah. having a lovely old time as well. Yeah. So so they, they, they get fortune there. But it's these moments that have got to go your way. If you look at any side, really, other than maybe a few where the title's been won in sort of April or, you know, very, very, very early on. You look at a lot of sides who have won title. They need these moments. Arsenal play Leicester. It's a slender win, but it's a win nonetheless. And then they come up against Everton. But But since that game against Manchester City, it's been interesting because... Arsenal now, after that Man City game, 
people who all you know have had Arsenal had their fun and all this kind of stuff. They are now five points clear. They're five points clear of Manchester City, and I think after that game, they could have been demoralised and thought Man City are a you know all in all, all things considered, they're a better team than us. But actually, you don't need to be better than Manchester City on the day. You need to finish higher than them. Yeah. And it's a different. It's a different thing. And I think you dust yourself off and go right. Okay, that was that's you were competing for three points. It wasn't a cup final. Mm-hmm. There's lots of other three points to come against teams who you are better than. You've got to go and put them away. And that's what they're beginning to do. Um, and with this win, Arsenal became the first team to defeat another top flight side a hundred times in Premier League history. How about that for a stat? Well, it's fair that um, at least Everton fans can travel in the middle of the week. Yeah. Having paid extortionate money for tickets, no doubt, and extortionate money for travel, can mm. travel all the way back up to to the beautiful city of Liverpool tonight, knowing that in their own small way they've been a part of football history. <laughs> and that'll be uh, that will be a comfort to them, I'm sure. I'm sure but, it will be. But I, I agree with what you're saying about Arsenal. I think yeah, they've got a real opportunity to build up head of steam now because you'd fancy them to be Bournemouth at home next. Mm. Um, if they can get past Fulham at Craven Cottage, which I imagine you're well. a huge saying. Um, the acid test. Then they've got a couple of other really winnable home games and, and then you're moving into April building up a real head of steam. Yeah. Um, but on the Everton side of the, of, the, of the ledger, I would just say this, speaking, you know, joking aside, speaking of how they can take solace from this, they've got six points under five games, uh, from five games under dice, right? Yeah. So if they rub Two along... Two wins, three losses, yeah. Yeah, and if they rub along at just over a point a game from here on in, they're looking yeah. at around 36 points. Yeah, that that may that may keep them in the league. That, that I mean, thirty six is there or thereabouts traditionally, and people talk about forty points. That's not been the case for a long while now. Um, so there's there's definite hope for them. And then really, their season isn't going to succeed or fail um, on how they get on at the Emirates, as I've said. And you know, you have to put to one side the idea that they spent half a billion quid. They're in the situation they're in now. They've got yeah. to stay in the Premier League and then build from there. And I I kind of feel like there's a reasonable chance they will do that because I think. Southampton and Bournemouth are the teams, two teams that will definitely go. And then it's one of a few, you know, and it doesn't have to be Everton. I, I hear what you're saying, but I think I think Wolves have got a bit more quality than Everton and I think they'll just about get out of it. I'd be amazed if Leicester went down. Forest have, okay, they haven't won in the last three, but they've been putting much more spirited performance and getting a few more results. Leeds United with the side, I thought Everton were trying to reel in. But with... Um, with with having Gracia there now, I I think Everton have I, I I'd be quite nervous if I was an Everton fan. Of course they can get out of it, and I think Dyche was a good appointment for the job in hand. Um, but we shall see. We shall see. Uh, Liverpool beat Wolves two nil. Um, Andy was saying uh, recently that Liverpool could struggle without Darwin Nunez. They seem to struggle with him for much of the game. Um, but it was a Virgil van Dijk uh, goal from a set piece that, that got them underway. Now, it's a bit harsh on Nunez, I think. But, you know, Liverpool have, have struggled a bit this season, it's fair to say. They'll be pleased to get Mo Salah uh, back on the score sheet. But I, what I find incredible is, firstly, Liverpool are now above Fulham in the table on goal difference. That's a bit disappointing for me, of course. Mm. Liverpool have a game in hand on Tottenham Hotspur. If they win that game, they go three points within Spurs, who are currently fourth now. Newcastle have got a game in hand on, on Liverpool. But Liverpool could well finish in the top four. 
which seemed very unlikely for large parts of the season. Newcastle have only won one in their last six. Spurs, we know, have been a bit Jekyll and Hyde, and we'll talk about them and their FA Cup exploits in a short while. But Liverpool top four. Not the highlight of my FA Cup night, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> Fucking strap yourself in for that. You know, like when you know, like when um, they say uh, on on um, on the radio or on TV, or you know, coming up here some scenes that some tuned. viewers some viewers may find distressing. So if you've got any um, children, you might want right. to usher them out the room. Mm. Southampton fans, I'm looking at you. Right. Okay. So <laughs> so so let's get Liverpool out of the way quickly then, and then we can move well, on. Well, you to, want to uh, get Liverpool out of the way quickly because you said last week that they're absolutely done. They were cooked under Klopp, and that's the end of it. And now all of a sudden you're, you're talking them up the other way. People see you, Marcus. They're going to see through this this kindly, friendly exterior yeah. and say this guy's a fucking fickle bastard. <laughs> How dare you? I was born within wedlock. Um, no, I, I, I. Well, I, 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 I was sticking the boot in last time we did a ramble reacts, or, or certainly a recent one, and saying, you know, under Klopp, I don't think they can get back. And but I mean, that point still stands because even if they finish fourth this season, you know, it it would be a, a great achievement. But it could turn out that this is the type of season which we saw them. Was it two or three seasons ago when Allison scored the headed goal um, and Liverpool, I think, managed to finish fourth, did they, or third? It wasn't a vintage season. It felt like they had a season off almost. And then, of course, last season yeah. they had a, you know, a very impressive season. But, I mean, Liverpool, you know, can they do it? I mean, of course they can. Well, the, but- the, the, issue, the issue they have is they want is one of consistency and, and obviously this well-documented situation they have in midfield. I mean, the game against Wolves, Pachetic, Fabinho and Harvey Elliott in that midfield. It's, you know, it, it, there's reasons to be excited about that midfield because of the future and because of how good you know the young players look like they are in terms of potential. But it's obviously a limited midfield as well. Um, and um, But they beat Wolves at home, which is kind of important for them because they were embarrassed by Wolves last time they played them. But if you look at the results they've had, it's a result of... It's a series of kind of really inconsistent performances and 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 um and results. So look, you can you can you can say, all right, they beat Wolves at home, but there's two counterpoints to that. One is, did you see them against Crystal Palace? It was abysmal. Mm. It was poor. It was a really really shitty game to watch as well. And then, do you have any confidence, honestly, in your heart of hearts, that when they play Man United at home next, they they've got a really good chance of winning that? Now they might win it. But you can't have any confidence in them, is what I'm saying. And then mm. if they lose that game at home to Man United, they go away to Bournemouth, and you think, all right, they should win that on paper. But they've been embarrassed away from home mm. by Wolves. They've been embarrassed away from home by Brighton. They've been humbled on occasions this season. So they're just a team who can go to Newcastle and win. And I know the circumstances around that were odd because of that funny five minutes of Newcastle. Mm-hmm. And then they can lose badly and not look anywhere near it against a team like Brighton or a team like Wolves. So this, it's fine for them to win against Wolves at home, but it doesn't really answer too many questions, I don't think, about their ability to maintain a level of performance when you take into account the season when they were just absolutely ridiculous, where they just won and won and won and won, and it was like a habit. That's They're nowhere near that now. They're a million miles away from that now, and that's really the key issue, not the, not the kind of ability to turn it on occasionally, because everyone knows they can do that. Mm. So last week you said they're the worst team in the country. I I don't remember saying that. Um, <laughs> I read between the lines. Yeah, indeed. Yeah, all right, fair enough. But I I I still don't think they'll get top four. I just 
I think Newcastle will pick it up again. And I think Spurs, they're just a little bit above. And again, at Liverpool, I just don't trust them to find that consistency that you mentioned. But if they can finish fourth, I think Klopp will have saved the season somewhat. Um, and it would give them something to build on for next season. But uh, we shall see, everybody. We shall see. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Get in somebody's face. Smash somebody. Right then. It's FA Cup time. And there's only one place to start, Luke Wall. Southampton 1, League 2, Grimsby Town 2. It's fantastic. giddy aunt. Because every time I kind of glory and revel in a a poor Southampton result, Mm. I have to counter it. By thinking, yeah, but Portsmouth, my team are in League One, so I mean, so you know, it's not really, I'm not really in a position to speak. Well, Grimsby are in League Two, and Southampton were at home, baby. And team, listen, teams that have beaten Grimsby this season: Leighton mm. Orient, Swindon, Carlisle, Barrow, Hartlepool, Doncaster, Accrington, AFC Wimbledon, Harrogate Town, Salford mm. City, Colchester, and Gillingham. Brilliant. It's absolutely brilliant. I texted every single Southampton fan, a friend of mine, saying, what's going on with Southampton? Lol. And um, admittedly, the majority of them didn't reply. Yeah. Um, a couple of them said, no idea. I mean, it's, it's mm. just, it is horrendously depressing for Southampton. It doesn't, it doesn't get any worse mm. than this, because yeah. if you look at how bad a season they're having so far anyway, mm. they look awful they can't fill their stadium for a cup game uh, in which they could have made a quarter final when tickets are 20 quid and um Grimsby <laughs> have broken all sorts of um kind of hoodoos <laughs> and records in their own side you know I, mean, I don't need you here by the way you can go and get a cup of tea if you want that point about their fans I thought was a slightly unnecessary dig if I'm honest why they can't fill the stadium Oh dear! So, but, Look, but they should be able to—they should be able to fill their stadium when they've got a game where they're selling tickets cheap, where they've got an opportunity to get into the quarterfinal of the yeah, cup, given only, the season they've had. Luke, it's only a League Two side; they'll get there for the—they'll uh, come back for the quarters, won't they? Oh yeah, um, exactly. Yeah, we'll sit this look, one out. Let, let me give you a couple of uh, facts here. Uh, Grimsby Town, obviously in League Two, as we mentioned, they reached the FA Cup quarterfinals for the first time uh, in eighty-four years. 
That's, I mean, that is enormous. Absolutely enormous. They have now become the first club in FA Cup history to eliminate five teams from a higher division than them in a single campaign. That is absolutely huge. And I, I, I'm i quite sure, so, so forgive me if this is wrong, but I'm quite sure one of the commentators on BBC Radio 5 Live said the last time a fourth-tier side had reached the quarterfinals, it was uh, way back in 1990. Now, we have seen yeah, a non-league side uh, reach the quarterfinals, of course. Um, but the, you know, the, 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 it shows you everybody just how massive this is. Did you did you see the um, the incident for the second Grimsby penalty, oh which basically goodness. sealed the game, where wow. Saleta Sar basically slapped a player in the back? Yeah. It was the weirdest foul. It's like the the most pathetic foul for a penalty I've ever seen. Yeah, well, I I was not sure if if that violent conduct. If it, if, if it could be given as a foul. Now, I made a mistake recently, as, as one of our listeners pointed out on Twitter, that I said, if you strike someone in the face, it's not, you know, it's violent conduct you get sent off. It's actually not in the rules about anything in the striking an opponent in the face and, and, and whatnot. That is in the rules now, actually. I don't know if yeah. that has been added recently or not, but it, but it is in the rules. And so I you, said to you, you... But you, you fucked up. I've embarrassed myself yet again. Um, <laughs> I often get away with them, uh, but I didn't this time. Yeah. Um, but you I start that out usually. <laughs> but uh, but you, you you put me right here and said if the ball is still in play, violent conduct can be given as a foul, and that's why the penalty was given. It's a panola, baby. Whichever way you look at it, it's an and absolute humdinger. If you no matter how well you look at it, and I um I put out on Twitter that we were going to record um after the game and for Southampton fans to make sure they tune in. And I got a tweet reply saying, um, I'm a non-Southampton fan living in Southampton, so please don't hold back. Give it everything. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. It's, it's the, look, what we should say is that, um, speaking of fans, if we're, we're going to criticise Southampton fans for not turning up and supporting their team. Now you're uh, going to do night. that, let's be clear. Don't yeah, I'm doing we. that. And if you want to distance yourself from it, that's up to you, but I, I yeah. don't mind. Um, 4,000 Grimsby fans made that trip in the middle they of the did. week. You know, there's inflatable fish in the crowd. It's a great, old, it's fish. a lovely old time. Yeah. Well, and they've been rewarded. Two goals either side of half time, two penalties, lovely old job. And, and, and of course, we mentioned on the previous show a couple of weeks ago that Southampton initially banned the inflatable Harry the Haddocks that Grimsby fans often yeah. take uh, with them wherever they go. Then they overturned it, and there I mean, was hundreds. There was Absolutely. basically no one that's Southampton to enforce it. No there one was bothered. more fish than there was. There was more inflatable fish than there were Southampton fans. Apparently, <laughs> that's a, and that is a fact. <laughs> okay, that is a fact. Ali McCoy's was absolutely loving it on the comms. I think I might be. I don't want to misquote Ali. Uh, that's the last thing I want to do. But I'm fairly certain I heard him say it was one of the best nights of his life. <laughs> he said, "Right, he said it was now, one of the best football nights in history." He said that. I just, I. Oh, okay. Well, that's a little bit different. If, he, if, if, if one of the best nights in his life, because I can remember steady on, like because Ali. Some, of the, I, some of the great nights that Ali's had, you might not be able to talk about on here. <laughs> just, 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 just temper it. Say what you're going to say, but just be mindful of that. I remember the nineties. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> Ali doesn't. <laughs> yeah. oh, great stuff. There was though, right. It's, it's, it's absolutely magnificent. What do you think of this? That apparently there were some uh, Grimsby fans strapping Harry the Haddocks to the top of their cars as they drove down. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine if you didn't know what was going on. I think you What's know. Happening? I think you know what I think about that. Uh, <laughs> I'm saying you're driving along the motorway and you're like, well, sorry, what? What is this fleet What's of going fish? on? 
What is happening? Oh, it's, it's, a, I mean, it's a 460-mile round trip, and it's in the middle of the week, right? And it's cold. Yeah, it's cold. Oh, yeah, it but they're cold. through. They're in yeah. the bloody quarterfinals. They're off to Brighton. They're off to the south coast again. I said that's a bit of a sickener. That, yeah, exactly. Yeah, that is yeah. actually. Yeah, you, there were a lot of fans would have got that news as they were driving back. Yeah. But but just just indulge me on this, Marcus, because I think our listeners want to hear from you on this very very oh, quickly. Yeah. So now we've got to move on to the next thing. How now bad the is next it? Cups for, it. How bad is it for Southampton? It's bad. Oh, isn't shocking, it? Shockingly awful. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's, it's it's seriously embarrassing. Yeah. Is what it is. If you're down the bottom of the Premier League table. And confidence is low, and you've got a new manager who's you know not that experienced, who's trying to sort of feel his way around being a number one. Poor choice of words, but you get what I mean. Um, What's that? Is that another? Is that another Harry the Haddock? (laughs) Or are you just pleased to see me? (laughs) Oh dear. Um, So, so you've got an inexperienced manager. Uh, You've got players who are very low on confidence. What's the one thing you don't want to do? Get beaten at home by a side who are a few divisions below. It's embarrassing. And you're the story of the night. And also, it's, Grimsby, it's a damning I, defeat. That's taken the heat off Everton tonight. Could, can I also just say that um, Grimsby, they deserve their credit for tonight and I'm not taking anything away from them. And I'm pleased for those fans for making such yeah. a great uh, atmosphere down there. But this is not even necessarily a good League 2 team. This is not a team who are like no. cock a hoop who've won game after game after game right at the top of the division. This is a team who are in the bottom half of League 2. They're, they're, they're not not a very good team. No. Yeah, I mean, you, you, you're, you're absolutely right. Grimsby are currently 16th. Mm. They're 16th in, in, in League... They have lost 12 League 2 matches this season. Well, you've heard the teams that have beaten them. Exactly. I, we are going to have to we are going to have to move on because um, producer Finn is a Sheffield United fan. Oh yeah, and I think he wants to talk about Burnett. No, he wants to talk about Sheffield United one Spurs nil. <laughs> it's another great cup set. This is classic stuff, though, isn't it? Midweek fixture under the lights. You're away to a to a, a championship a side team. who are playing well. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's yeah. it's a recipe for for a disaster. And uh, Sheffield United have gobbled up that victory and they're into the quarterfinals. My goodness me, was the first hour of that game tough. (laughs) I mean, when they're in that kind of mood, Spurs, they are. I'm going to say this right now, and I don't watch as much of the lower leagues as some people do, so forgive me if you disagree with this. When they're in that kind of frame of mind, I think Spurs are the worst team to watch in the country. In the car, you could have just you could have said Premier League, Marcus. You, You could have said Premier League, couldn't you? Yeah, okay, but I mean, it's bad. Yeah. It's just absolute dross. Yeah, think about it. They Had it all gone to, according to plan, they could have been a Super League team. <laughs> <laughs> you think about that. Yeah. Oh, dear. But yeah, no, they, they, it is piss poor. Christian Stellini said before the game that Spurs' results have been giving Antonio Conte positive energy. Well, that's all been undone He now, can't be bothered to turn up. No, I'm, I'm, he, I'm not watching that shit. You know what it reminds he, me of? It reminds he's blown me his of... gallbladder again. That's no, no. He's, and to be fair, he's had his health problems, so I'm not, I'm not trying to trivialise that. But it remi- Antonio Conte refusing to turn up at Spurs just reminds <laughs> me of that story of Arthur Lowe, who played Captain Manning in Dad's Army. Oh. And he was notorious for turning up on set and not knowing his lines. Mm. And Arthur Lowe was this really well-respected old mm. kind of actor stage and screen. He, he, comedy mm. for him was like a bit of a, a, a kind of thing. He, didn't, he, didn't, he wasn't really known for that. And he never learned his lines. Yeah. And the director said to him one day, 
if you take the script home f- with you, you can yeah. learn your lines, and it won't be such an ordeal when you turn up to shoot. And 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 Arthur Lowe simply said, "I'm not having that rubbish in my house." <laughs> <laughs> and that's what Antonio Conte thinks about Spurs. Yeah. I wouldn't if, be surprised if, if he didn't even put the telly on. <laughs> I was about to say, if you watch the games, Antonio, you know what was going on. I'm not having that rubbish in my house. <laughs> yeah, <exactly. laughs> Yeah. Oh dear. Well, one of Spurs' scouts, Jeff uh, Vettere, has resigned after he angered the club by listing off Spurs' transfer targets live on Colombian TV. <laughs> what, is, what the hell's going on where there? Do you, where, listen, tell me this. Where do you think he learned to do that, Marcus? What if I told you he was employed back in 2008 <laughs> at Newcastle United by none other than the great Kevin Keegan? Shut up. No, he was. He? he was. When Keegan <laughs> went back to Newcastle, Jeff Terry was one of his guys. There you go. You've given all the tactics away again. <laughs> <laughs> and Keegan every, resigned over transfer policy at Newcastle, yeah. so I'm just saying. Every time we go for a player, he's bought before we get there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Yeah. yeah. Well, look, we, we, we can't... We, we've barely mentioned Sheffield United... Um, there and dies for the result. lovely goal. What a player he is, by the way. One of the very yeah. best players outside the Premier League. Looks a real player. Looks a great talent. Yeah, exactly. And uh, old Heckingbottom uh, doing a pretty decent job at Sheffield United by by um, by by all accounts or most accounts. I don't want to speak for everybody, but Sheffield United currently second in the Championship, just knocked out Spurs. And I know Spurs have been diabolical. We just talked about that, but that is fantastic stuff. It really is. Heckingbottom um, will be will be loving that. On on the Spurs thing, by the way, you yeah. know, I know you want to talk about Sheffield United, but just forgive me when we say like Spurs are diabolical and stuff like that. I understand they're capable of putting in good performances and getting good results. And you know, before. Uh, what happened last night, you know, a couple of clean sheets and two good home wins in derby games. And, and they somehow managed to be able to do good things almost like regularly. Like obviously, they beat Man City at home as well. And they find themselves in a decent position in the Premier League. I don't know of a team that's gone so high in the Premier League and also, in my mind, just feels like such a bad team. They're terrible to watch. Mm. They concede a lot of goals as well for where they are in the Premier League. Mm. You know, it's not as similar, same as the Groomsman situation, of course, because Spurs are away from home. Sheffield United are a much better team. But it's still <clears> yeah. a really poor result for Spurs. But given that Conte is a serial winner and who is the latest in, you know, not on a line-off, but a, the latest in a, in a handful of managers who have come to Spurs with reputations of winning trophies and still yeah. managed to somehow conspire to not really win anything. And it must yeah. be tremendously frustrating. It must be. It absolutely must be. Um, Sheffield United, though, uh, they are in the quarterfinals, as we say. They're at home to Blackburn. What a chance. I mean, Blackburn, are, Blackburn are having a good a good season themselves, but what a chance to get into the semi-finals. A championship side will be in those semi-finals. Now, you would think that it would just be the one because despite Burnley's heroics and so on, uh, they will be facing Manchester City, but old Vincent Company, what a he subtext. knows the club. What a hey? subtext. Does it matter, though? He knows the club? Oh, what no. it is is Vinny won't need to be told where the dressing room is, so we'll probably win. Yeah, he might go to the home dressing room. So actually, it could go against them. The inside knowledge he has is not. Is, it might be no good. Uh, Burnley, of course, beat Fleetwood Town one 0 Very late goal from 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 Roberts. Sucker punch for the uh, for the poor League One side, Fleetwood Town. Um, uh, on the, uh, the, the 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 subject of Fleetwood Town, Scott Brown has got quite the head of hair nowadays. 
it's a real weird move. It's a real power move by Scott Brown, that. It's yeah. almost like he's, he's conscious, because he said in the past... He's, he's, of course, Fleetwood Town manager, I should say. Sorry, in case you're wondering what on earth I'm going yeah, on. Yeah, and he has been for a wee while now. And, mm. um, they, you know, I mean, Fleetwood Town, statistically, I suppose, are enjoying some of the best years of, you know, of their, of their, in their history. I mean, they've not really been a tra- traditionally been a league team at all. So for them to be where they are is good. Um, um, and what Scott Brown's done is he's... Because he's on record as saying back in the in the day, I'll, I shaved my head on purpose because it made me look hard. Yeah. Uh, as a player, as soon as he gets into management, he has to do a little bit yeah. more admin. The hair's come back. Yeah, I want people to take me seriously. He's thinking now. Oh, I didn't think he was capable of it, if I'm honest. So, like Pete did that, didn't he? Pete shaved his head for years, yeah. and we kind of all assumed he couldn't grow his hair, and then he just did. Yeah. True enough. If he has had a hair transplant, I'm unaware that if he has, but if some people are saying, oh, for crying out loud, did you not hear? I haven't heard. Either no. way... I don't think you should I, be expected I, to know that. Like, no, I oh, don't. Oh, and oh that it... fucking football show is rubbish because the geezer <laughs> didn't even know that Scott Brown, manager of Fleetwood Towns, had a hair transplant. That's a depth of knowledge we cannot be expected to adhere to. I think so. I think so, yeah. Uh, the other FA Cup times, Manchester United 3, West Ham United 1. David Moyes said before the game that he would happily dad dance if West Ham win the FA Cup. Just that like a dig Eric at pods? No, it was more of a reference of Eric Ten Hag um, dancing oh, right. at Wembley after Manchester United won the League Cup final. Um, I tell you what, I was worried for uh, for England's uh, Harry Maguire because, of course, he started the game. Uh, you worry, and, is that uh, why you were worried? He shouldn't it, be playing. He shouldn't <laughs> be playing any games. Yeah, it's very true. Um, from a West Ham point of view, 1-0 up, scored a lovely goal. And then Mikel Antonio had a chance. Yeah, he could have slipped in one of his teammates. He went it. for the shot. And he missed a one-on-one earlier. And and then, of course, an own goal makes it one-all. What a chance for West Ham that was. Yeah, he should have squared it. It looks like the key moment, <sighs> looking back on it now, the key moment in the game. We know that Man United have, um, can go behind and come back. Um, we saw them do it against Barcelona. They've also done it elsewhere fairly recently. Yeah. Um, They've always got the Garnacho late goal, haven't they? Oh, they when, when did he last score a, last, a late a late goal to, to win a game for someone, Marcus? About 10 feet in front of us at Craven Cottage at the centrepiece of the biggest yeah. robbery of the season. And and you turned to me and went, oh, you're going to have to think about that for ages because it's now the World Cup and Fulham won't play for ages. And I was like, yeah, thanks. Yeah. S- moments after, well, the, the net it. was still rippling. He did it. Yeah. It was a what robbery. Guy I did you say it was a robbery football as with well. You. <laughs> Um, was it nice to see? Um, I tell you what goes under under reported. May not are doing really well. They're of course covered in media attention as they always are. I tell you what's going underplayed. Yeah. Every game now, I see Steve McLaren gurning away on the bench, grinning, having a lovely old time, chewing his gum, and giving people ruffles. No one talks yeah. about it. No, McLaren. Yeah, I, I we talk more about that fan who looks a bit like him, but McLaren is having a lovely <laughs> He's still time. He's the thunder. Yeah, a little bit, yeah. yeah. I, 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 I'm pleased for Steve McLaren. I also would like to point out that Garnacho, um bit of a Tim Burgess hairdo at the moment. Yes, but he's, yeah, because Burgess had bleached his as well. Has he still got a bleached one, Burgess? Uh, probably. He's got a bit of an undercut as well. He did have, yeah. Yeah, he, I think, I think Garnacho's done that. a singer in a band, in case as, young people don't know. Yeah. <laughs> as Garnacho, I think they know what they're going to get when they listen to this. Um, did Garnacho, <laughs> um, has he done that because he's pals with Anthony? I have no idea. Like when idea. Messi started getting like, tattoos when he became friends with Neymar. Yeah, maybe. I don't think I don't think it's a tribute to Tim Burgess. I'd love it if it was, but I don't think it is. Can I just give you a little Roy Keane observation? Yeah. Go on. Um, Roy Keane was obviously punditing on the game. Um, had decided from the start that he was going to be angry, not just with the fact that he was doing the game, but with Joe Cole and Ian Wright as well. Um, mm. 
And um, he said um, that West Ham were absolutely useless in the second half and said that, you know, <laughs> West Ham's fullbacks um, and fullbacks generally, when it comes to defending these days, they don't want to do it. And that's fine. That's you know, kind of standard Roy Keane fare. And he was talking yep. about the, the fullback not getting out to Garnacho quick enough for that goal. Mm. And then um, one particular incident, and I, I did note this down verbatim, because I didn't want to make yeah. sure I got it right. Roy mm. Keane then said the following when commenting on a passage of play involving um, the West Ham goalkeeper. The goalkeeper has to come out with violence. These two look like they're having a chat in Starbucks. Come out with violence. And when it's written down like that, it sounds like an intercepted phone call from quite a serious criminal that's given, been cross-examined in the witness stand. Yeah. It's how they got the head on, Joe. Yeah. Um, that is... That, I mean, he said last night, and Laura Woods um, repeated it, because it was quite funny, about uh, Kevin De Bruyne, he plays sexy football. He's sexy or, or something. Yeah. He said the word sexy. Roy's letting his hair um, down these days. Yeah, I think so. Um, but, yeah, one night he's going on about sexy, and then another night he's going about violence. But it's Jacqueline Hyde with Keane. It is. And, and on, on, on the Man United thing, I, 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 we mentioned at the top of the show, didn't we, about Arsenal swagger. You know... You, you want to be careful about comparing things because obviously United under Ferguson were remarkable mm. and, and you know, the, Ten Hag hasn't done anything nearly approaching what Ferguson achieved at United, of course, but then, you know, he's only been in there in the job yeah. a little while. But it does kind of feel a bit like at Old Trafford now that how it's quite surprising how quickly they've got that feel back where if they're a goal yeah. down, it doesn't really matter. And it never yeah. used to matter under Ferguson when United went behind, yeah. particularly at home. They would they would find a way, you know. They would drill yes. themselves till the very last. And they look like they're having a lovely time. Ten Hag, the way he was celebrating the goals, uh, even the even the equaliser. I thought, well, hang on, mate, there's still a bit of football to be played here. Yeah. But it's like, oh yeah, we know we, we we're going to be okay. The confidence is there, and they have been rewarded with a home tie against. Fulham. <laughs> you were going I was thinking this. to myself. I was thinking to myself, like, come on, lads, let's let's get Grimsby in the quarters. No, the, another the, Garnacho winner, mate. <sighs> let's get the two Manchester clubs playing each other, so one of them can knock each other out. And it's and it's and it, and it, it it's it's annoyed me, if I'm honest with you. However, I am going to take inspiration from a South Coast side because it's the first time this year in the FA Cup that only four Premier League sides are in the last eight since 2008. Hmm. We all know what happened then. Portsmouth beat Manchester United at Old Trafford on their way to winning the FA Cup. However, Man Pep Guardiola's Manchester City weren't left in the hat that No, year. they weren't. And that's the thing that's really pissed me off. Just let's say, like, bear with me, let's say Fulham calls a major, a bit, well, it wouldn't be a major, it would be an upset if they beat Manchester United. That's great. But you've still got Man City in the hat as well because they'll probably beat Burnley, blah, blah, blah. blah. Yeah, so I think bollocks. the big difference... Fulham have never won a major trophy in their history. I just, for a moment, <laughs> I thought, is there a... No, of course there's not a chance. Bollocks. But yeah, I think the big difference for me between Fulham this season and Portsmouth in 2008 is that back yeah. in 2008, Portsmouth simply feared no one. <laughs> And you're already making excuses. You're never going to get there if you're going to make excuses, mate. Yeah, well, don't worry. I don't play for Fulham. I have no influence over what will happen. You're in the hat. That's all you can ask for. Um, Manchester United have had a very kind of kindly set of fixtures in the um, in the FA Cup this season because I think they've been at home in every game. In fact, David Moyes did get a bit tin four hat before the game, didn't he? He said, oh, we yeah. keep, getting, keep getting drawn away from home. We need to work out what if the balls are cold and hot and people are picking them right. And I was like, all right, mate. <laughs> Hell, I'd say that for a laugh on here. I'm not a Premier League manager. You can't keep saying that. 
Yeah, but we want him to, though. The ferry man. I don't care yeah. what he says. Right, we've got to go. Okay. Thank you very much for listening to today's Ramble Reacts, everybody. Uh, on the Continent, we'll be with you this afternoon, where Andy and Dotton will be joined by David Cartledge to discuss Paul Pogba's very long-awaited return at Juventus. And by the way, as a little one, I witnessed that. You were at the game, um, weren't you? I was at the game, and I may well uh, be uh, very briefly dropping in. Um, also on On the Continent, why some Barcelona fans aren't convinced by Xavi despite them being top of the league, and to celebrate the greatest shithouse of all, Pepe, after his 40th birthday. Come on, subscribe to make sure you never miss a ramble episode. Yeah, from the, from the ridiculous to the sublime. Absolutely right. Thanks very much, Luke Moore. Yeah, cheers. Thank you, everybody. We'll see you very, very soon. See you soon. The Football Ramble is a Stack production and part of the Acast Creator Network. Acast powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com.